0: Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fan fiction.
1: I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns.
0: I'm Tanner, they, them, this week, it's a people's choice, and people have chosen, possibly not even knowing what it was, She-Wolf of London.
1: Yay! Let's play that Warren Zivon song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah she She-Wolf of London! <laughs> Wait, is it pronounced Warren Zevon or Warren Zevon? I I always thought it was Warren Zevon. <laughs> it's Warren Zevon. Uh, whatever, with the Zevons and the Zevons, I am I'm am rooting She-Wolf of London. So, there is a 1946 American mystery and horror film starring June Lockhart and Dan Porter. It is essentially the movie Gaslight, but with a werewolf interesting not an actual werewolf it's instead of tricking the lady into thinking she's going into insane it's uh like uh, the mother the aunt whose mansion she's living in and her daughter tricking this woman that she is a werewolf and she should just like confess to being a werewolf to the cops because every cop except for one thinks that these murders are a werewolf but then it turns out that no she's just being gaslit by her aunt but then the aunt's daughter finds out and d- sicks the police on the aunt and tells them the aunt is a werewolf. Not auntie, not my mom is like gaslighting this poor young woman and committing murder. It's just like, no, my mom is a werewolf. You already believe that? Okay. Werewolf. Huh. Anyways, that's not what I'm rebooting. <laughs> okay. I am rebooting the 1990 Television series *She Wolf of London*, starring Kate Hodge and another guy. What's what what's what's your name, British man? There's only so uh, many. N- Neil, Neil Dixon. Neil Dick- Dixon. Neil Dixon. <laughs> this was a a <laughs> a horror rom com. More emphasis on the rom com because it was the '90s. Yeah. It is about an American graduate student named Randy Wallace who travels to Britain to study mythology under Professor Ian Matheson. She arrives expecting a stodgy old academic, but instead finds a, a, a hunky young British man, which is a stretch because Neil Dixon, I don't know how old he was, but he definitely looked twice Kate Hodge's age. Yeah. He's, he, he was 40 and she was. It says she was born in sixty six, so that's she is sixteen years younger than Neil Dixon. Yeah, age is just a number, except you know when you're the sexy foreign exchange student and the other guy is your teacher. Yep, prison,
1: or at least you're fired.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> because she's still like an adult, but even then, it's like
0: dismantle the carceral system and then reinstate it, but just for him. <laughs> uh anyways she uh the two are quickly attracted to one another, but it hits a speed bump when she spends a night on the moors and is bitten by a werewolf uh and because she's a werewolf, she attracts all sorts of weird supernatural occurrences to her, such as according to the Wikipedia list, another werewolf, spiritual possession, a succubus, a possessed bookstore, a boogeyman, an evil carnival, a guy fox spirit, a killer horseman, and a small town. <laughs> A small town. Okay. It's Okay, so it says, A killer horseman, comma, In a small town, comma, Zombies who confront her in her werewolf form. <laughs> so I think it's just bad grammar. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I do like the idea that small English towns are a supernatural occurrence. <laughs> SCPs, the lot of them. It,
1: it's a genus loci. It, it has a mind of its own.
0: Yeah. Uh, it aired on the British channel HTV for its first 14 episodes out of 20, and then fo- funding was abruptly pulled. Ha! Huh. So they had a month-to-move production with a drastically reduced budget down to Los Angeles, where the show was retitled Love and Curses, and the last six episodes are about Neil getting kicked out of academia and setting up a trashy, phony, psychic TV show, like, like how Vankman has in Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> and and then they have other stuff happen. The only ones I can remember are, um, there is one with cupids, but they're secret agents. And there is one where I think they got trapped inside a, a old movie? Question mark. Okay. And yeah, that's also, okay. So I have never seen this show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are going in blind.
0: I do know it from an old, old Allison Pryler video. Where she talked about the show and all the the bazonkersness of it. How Mm -hmm. it was extremely 90s. And of course, the the best phrase from the show is when they're doing the move to Los Angeles in-universe, Ian, Professor Ian, is concerned that Randy could transform into Werewolf on the plane. And then she says, instead of saying something like, it's not a long enough flight to reach the next full moon, she says, don't worry, there won't be another full moon for months. That's not how full moons work.
1: Exactly! We've determined calendars by full moons.
0: Yeah. That being said, whenever anyone asks about the full moon, I immediately just say, Don't worry, there won't be another full moon for months.
1: <laughs> I wish, because my period seems to line up with the lunar cycle, so.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's Ginger Snaps' behavior. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, what was I thinking? What was I thinking about put this on? Oh, right. So there's a show on Netflix that just came out called First Kill. It's about lesbians. Yes. <laughs> so the first change I'm making is that instead of Professor Ian Matheson being a teacher twice Randy's age, yeah. she is going to be Professor Ellen Matheson. And also, like, probably not even a professor. She's just gonna, but not, not an official professor. She definitely got the she, <laughs> online university. She,
1: <laughs> I, I was thinking of being more forgiving of like maybe still a doctoral candidate and working as a TA.
0: She calls herself Professor Matheson, and they're like, "Are you a real professor?" And she just says, "Eventually, yeah." <laughs> um, and also real butch. Yes. The second thing is lean more. To, I mean, I guess the show was already leaning more into the rom-com side of things, but it was like, it was kind of being like, it wanted to be sexy X-Files with spookums. Also, the X-Files wasn't out yet, so X-Files was trying to be serious She-Wolf of London.
1: And here's the thing, um, X-Files had a lot of sexual tension between David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. Modern fanfiction was born from X-Files fandom. Exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know how you can be more sexier than X-Files, which actually didn't have all that much sex.
0: Well, that's the thing. So I'm I'm not thinking rom-com in the sense of unresolved sexual tension. I was more thinking rom-com in the sense of Bewitched. Okay. So it's more like a sitcom where shenanigans happen and also Randy's a werewolf.
1: Yeah, I can get down
0: with that. That that was my first idea. But as I sit here, as I think of She Wolf of London 1946, I'm thinking, what what if we kind of combined these? Yeah. So Randy travels to London to get her a graduate degree in Myths and Legends.
1: Yeah, some sort of like folklore studies. Yeah. Uh, you un- at the at the University of London. If we want to like act, use an actual location, also they have like a really sweet like their main building is this Art Deco masterpiece. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: So she heads up there. She's studying, but also she has her boyfriend there. Yeah. Who I'll take from the original film, the fiance in question was Barry Landfield. So she's got her boyfriend Barry. Yeah. Uh, but then she gets bit by a werewolf. And much like in the film, she doesn't want to get too close to Barry because she doesn't want to hurt him. But also, mm-hmm. she grows closer to Ellen, in like like the show do because studying for the supernatural. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how uh, we could even draw it out because like the the thing makes a point saying that because it was in time of the full moon, she only transformed into werewolf like every few episodes. Mm-hmm. But it was just her natural wolfitude. <laughs> that drew in the spooks. So I, I put this on the poll half as a goof. I truly did not start thinking about what I was actually going to do with it until I checked it like an hour ago and was like, oh, this is the topic, I guess. Let's go. <laughs> so maybe, maybe skew it more towards an X-Files thing. Yeah. And you know, maybe Randy is more of the Mulder because she's the werewolf. And then Ellen is the Scully but that only lasts for seven episodes because then Randy explicitly turns into a werewolf in front of her. Yeah. And I'm I'm on the fence whether we want Barry Oh my god, I can't believe he in the, in the 1946 film he's a barrister. He's a barrister named Barry. <laughs> Who thought of these names? I don't know, the British.
1: The screenwriter was George Bricker. <laughs> Also, the original lead character was named Phyllis Allenby.
0: No, Phyllis isn't a real name. Phyllis is a name (laughs) made up to to show that people are old and or British. Yeah. (laughs) Phyllis Diller, she wasn't real. (laughs) So yeah, anyway, so I'm on the fence as to whether Barry is like an innocent guy who's just caught up in all this with his girlfriend turning into a werewolf and a bisexual uh, or if he like has some nefarious thing involved in it. Actually, you know, okay, actually, hmm, here's here's how it's going to be. Barry is normal. Barry is a decent man. Okay. He's in here for the decent man representation. <laughs> the lone
1: decent man.
0: Exactly. Only you can only have one per show. Everyone else is a lesbian.
1: <laughs> because I can see the show like cribbing quite a bit from the like being like a folk horror version of X Files, in a way, X Files was kind of like a folk horror if you if you wanted to approach like conspiracy theories and just like weird, more like urban legend stuff as folk horror.
0: Yeah, and like especially you could you could consider UFO culture a a, a variation on folk horror in America, yeah. especially yeah. during that turn of the century period. X Files came out. Yeah. Um, first season of X-Files is real heavy on, on the folk horror, I would say, on accounts of they explicitly found the Jersey Devil. Yeah. Who was just a feral child.
1: hmm
0: I don't know how you explain the previous hundred years, this is just an un- unending string of, of feral children. I don't know. Um, but yeah, okay, so Barry's a decent man, who, he eventually realizes that the, the long distance relationship with Randy doesn't quite hold up in person. But it's okay because Randy found a new girlfriend, her name is Ellis, and she dresses better than I do. Yeah. (laughs) She fills out my suits better than I do. (laughs) Or, or, polyamory.
1: Yeah. We can make this work.
0: Polyamory by the end of the first season. Barry, unfortunately, is like Jonathan Harker. He will be lured into something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but this time he's being lured by the protagonists. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> he should have a Jonathan Harker experience. He he should be like a call to one of those you know those small English towns which he already established. <laughs> yeah, that's run by Lord Summerisle. <laughs> they, they're just they they're all the whole town is a fairy ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Ellen and Randy have to follow him in there and get him out. Yep. So so here's the thing, is that how do we avoid not making half of these things fairies? Because it's Britain, it's chock-a-block full of fairies.
1: I mean, if there's enough of a budget, we could also skip down to, like, the continent. <laughs> because it's only a 20-minute tube ride from London to Paris. Oh, right, because they have the... They have the channel. They have the channel! <laughs> <laughs> But, like, there's plenty, like, ghosts and lake and sea monsters all over the British Isles, so...
0: There's crab people in the tunnel!
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think some of H.P. Lovecraft's uh, influences were Brits. I think, like, Arthur Machen and all that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Arthur Arthur Machen was Welsh. Um, so yeah, we could totally have, like, I don't know, there's a town with a cult, but instead of the usual, like, pagany cult, it's more, like, Church of the Starry Wisdom, they have the weird, uh, trapezoidal stone in a creepy chapel. Yeah. And they're totally worshipping, like, oh, I think, uh, Nyarlathotep.
0: Yeah. But also, a good 70% of this has to be played for laughs. Yes. Just to keep to keep that angle.
1: Yeah, <laughs> half of these towns are the town from Hot Fuzz. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Greater Good. Stop that!
1: <laughs>
0: one one town, <laughs> one town reports the, like attacks that seem very similar to a werewolf, and so they head down to investigate. And it turns out it's just a series of extremely angry swans. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with swans. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, but for an overarching plot, at least in the first series, because it's British, they're series, not seasons. In the first series, we can say that, much like how it was, um, what's her name, Aunt Martha, who was gaslighting Phyllis in the original movie, it can be Aunt Martha, but it'll be Barry's Aunt Martha, who is trying to gaslight Randy. Or not gaslight her, but like, Lu- lure her into the, the boshery of being a werewolf, because she was the werewolf that bit Randy.
1: Ah, uh, yes. She's the leader of the pack. <laughs> 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 Go listen to the shangri Laws, they're awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the- they're awesome. That song is not as good as you remember it, though. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> just the 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 most milk toast revving of a motorcycle. <laughs> how how do we emasculate a leather jacket stud enough so that the parents are not concerned? <laughs> American Bandstand found
1: a way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, but that's just the first series, and then Aunt, Ma- Aunt Martha will be dealt with. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll, like, lock her in a, a silver prison underneath and that's where they can say, sorry Aunt Martha, but you won't be getting out of here anytime soon, because down here there won't be a full moon for months. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because mostly it's just going to be Monster of the Week, we can yeah. easily reuse some of the monsters that were already in here, like the spirit of Guy Fox or an evil carnival. Yeah. A possessed bookstore which can be another thing that shows up in those small towns. Yeah. So what if in the second season the like the, the supernatural equivalent of unit from Doctor Who shows up? Okay. So, the the Sealy Court Torchwood? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, "You guys are pretty good at uh, dealing with supernatural stuff. Would you like to be like freelancers for us?" I mean, university
1: doesn't pay me enough, so yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, And then maybe the overarching plot for series two is that there, there's something unbecoming in the, in the, in, in am I, Yeah. M. I Sealy?
1: <laughs> Am I pick a magical number?
0: I. <laughs> am I sticks? <laughs> okay. But yeah. So then they have to, they just especially have to deal with fairies in series two, series three. I don't know. Someone finds Excalibur.
1: <laughs> That's, how about rival
0: werewolf packs or something? Oh right oh right, I forgot this was a werewolf show. Yeah. <laughs> I also forgot that we put uh <laughs> we put a moratorium on Arthurian lore. Yeah. <laughs> There's only
1: <laughs> I mean, the only real werewolfy thing in in Arthurian myth is Lawnval.
0: Yeah, that's true. Also, I guess if this is just, like, an amuse-bouche of Arthurian lore, it's different from trying to reboot the whole thing a different time for the fifth time in a year. Yeah. Goddamn. Um, okay, other werewolf things. Here's the thing, is also, I guess this is also just British Teen Wolf.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> the 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 wolf that bit, um, Scott and Teen Wolf in the first season was Peter's uncle.
1: Okay. I never watched Teen Wolf.
0: Or was, or was Peter the uncle? Derek. It was Derek's uncle Peter. Okay. Because, because remember, it was it was Derek and then Styles. Everyone wanted them to get together, so that's where Steric came from.
1: Yeah, I am very aware, Steric. I was on Tumblr back in the day. Hey,
0: hey, hey, Teen Wolf Stans, Let me tell you something. I never saw an episode of Supernatural and even I can tell you that there was something going on between Dean and Castiel. I saw almost every episode of Teen Wolf and I think if you ship Steric you're on horse tranquilizers. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Listen, it's either sh- you should be sh- shipping Styles with Scott and you can ch- or with one of his m- many women. <laughs> Teen Wolf is trying very hard to convince you that Styles <laughs> lays pipes so much.
1: When I'm like, Taylor Hochler is right there. Also, Warner Bros. That's your Superman.
0: Taylor Lawner. Do you know he's white?
1: <laughs> no, I was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, him. Shit. Were
0: you trying to say Tyler Hecklin?
1: Yeah, Tyler Hecklin. Yeah. God, they're. Names just merge, okay? Sorry. <laughs> also, remember when Taylor Lautner was dating Taylor Swift?
0: Yes, I do, because they were in a movie together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Although, speaking of sharing the same name, there was a point at Teen Wolf where they had t- Tyler, Law- t- Tyler Hecklin, Tyler Posey, Dylan O'Brien, and Dylan Sprayberry.
1: <laughs> you can all tell that they were born in the 90s.
0: Anyway, um, werewolf stuff. Uh, What do you think the rival werewolf pack should do?
1: Well, okay. So if Aunt Martha is the city werewolf, I think it's natural to have the country werewolves. Now, the easy way would be to make them the British equivalent of Hicks, but why not make them the British, like, the country aristocrat werewolves?
0: Okay. Yeah. We're we're all a, we're a collection of cottages and one giant mansion.
1: Yes. And you know they like their hunting, quote unquote.
0: Yeah. All all the British aristocrats are werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think the Queen likes dogs so much?
1: <laughs> it makes better sense than the reptilian explanation. <laughs>
0: Fuck you, David Hike. But imagine, imagine werewolf Harry. <laughs> imagine imagine Prince Harry ripping his clothes off and turning into a furry.
1: <laughs> I see it happening
0: actually. <laughs> what if there is an episode called I want a werewolf Harry and it's about them tr- it's it's <laughs> you, you know the you know the reality show I want to marry Harry. Yeah, yeah. Were, but it wasn't actually Harry, and they legit gaslit people. And, and when we say gaslit, I mean they hired a producer to pretend to be a psychologist and tell the people who, the, tell the women who thought that this wasn't the real Harry, no, don't worry, it's totally Prince Harry. And it wasn't Prince Harry.
1: God. <laughs> um, I think reality TV should be burnt to the fucking ground.
0: But, you know, but first, what we can do is we can have an episode where they realize there's a werewolf on the latest season of Love Island. Yes. So Randy has to infiltrate it before the werewolf can turn anyone else. This is our beach episode! (laughs) Does Love Island even take place on an island anymore? I think it just takes place in, like, an isolated hotel. I know it's definitely not in Britain. The American one is just like a hotel. Oh, it is. In the the sunny Balearic island of Madroca, for se- season 8, the series has moved to a brand new villa, also in St. Laurent de Cardassar.
1: Yeah. Because Spain has actual nice beaches.
0: Yeah. And we'll have to get the announcer, because as far as I can tell from the Love Island fandom, who doesn't like any part of Love Island except for the announcer, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jane Sterling.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like so you think you can dance where I think the only thing anybody can agree on is Cat Dealey?
0: Exactly. <laughs> I did Google Ian Sterling. Kind of a dilf. Reblog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so we're getting Ian Stil- Sterling as the announcer for that episode. Cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we could also so, just have an episode where there's an eclipse, and that's yeah. how there's not going to be a full moon for months. Mm Mm-hmm. The rare
1: full moon eclipse. I don't know, blood moon.
0: Yeah. All of these cool and funky moons.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe there should be an episode that's like Night at the British Museum and just shit comes alive.
0: Isn't that literally the plot of Night at the Museum 3? Oh, maybe. What if they do a riff on that, but instead of it being like the British Museum, It's like a smaller local museum.
1: Oh yeah, it's some kitschy little place. And they don't I don't know, the curse is that whatever the curse is, it just makes shit come alive. It's
0: Night at Madame Tussauds! Yes, that's what it is! (laughs) Now, okay, so I do have to point out that Gravity Falls had an episode like that, but they didn't go to Madame Tussauds, they brought a bunch of wax sculptures to the Mystery Shack. Yeah, no. So this is still better.
1: (laughs) But even, like, we're shooting in London, let's go to Madame Tussauds.
0: <laughs> oh, good. So that episode of Gravity Falls was called Headhunters, which means that we can call ours Night at the Wax Museum. Yes. The Gravity Falls episode had John Oliver as Wax Sherlock Holmes, Larry King as Wax Larry King, Coolio as Wax Coolio, and Greg Ellis as Wax William Shakespeare. Nice. We could have... So you said they could go through the channel, which, again, there's crab people in the channel. Yes. That's what the episode is called. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Crabs in the Channel. <laughs>
0: um, but then when they get to Paris, then we can have an American Werewolf in Paris. Yes. <laughs> Which is the actual sequel to American Werewolf in London.
1: Mm-hmm. Heck, we could have a Paris season because, you know, the catacombs.
0: <gasps> also, gargoyles.
1: And gargoyles, yes. Da da, da, da da Also, Paris is where the vampires hang out.
0: Oh my gosh! That's what it is. <laughs> that's that's what series uh, series three can be is, <laughs> haughty Parisian vampires. The yes. British aristocracy <laughs> is all werewolves. The Parisian aristocracy is all vampires. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they hang out in a theater that's basically a riff on the Grand Guignol. Go- or Grand Grino, I think.
0: I think that's what it was.
1: Grand Guignol. That middle GN that's fucking me up. Anyway, for people who don't know what the Grand Guignol is, uh, le Théâtre du Grand Guignol um, was a theater in the Pigalle district of Paris um, at uh, Vombie Uh It Opened in 1897 and closed in 1962, it specialized in naturalistic horror shows. Its name is often used as a general term for graphic, amoral horror entertainment, a genre popular from Elizabethan and Jacobean theater, like Titus Andronicus, The Duchess of Malfi, The White Devil, to today's splatter
0: films. Good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it it basically pioneered a lot of like horror special effects techniques. So, yeah, basically, this is a bit of a shout out to to interview with a vampire because like,
0: yeah, exactly. The... Yeah. And and so then series four, I guess they have to that's when they have to go down to L.A.
1: Yeah. Well, what's in L.A.? Everything? Devils?
0: Yeah, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's a the, hell like, mouth <laughs> the cultural crossroads of LA I mean I think there was canonically a hell mouth in LA in Buffy actually
1: I am not surprised
0: there was one in LA one in Sunnydale
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of weird shit comes out of the desert too so
0: yeah but maybe that <laughs> they go to LA and it's a British werewolf in Los Angeles <laughs> that could be a movie all on its own
1: yep so let's say there's a hell mouth I like bureaucratic hell as opposed to chaos hell.
0: Yeah. I think, so maybe, okay, so maybe if series one is dealing with uh, Aunt Martha, and series two is dealing with the rural aristocratic werewolves, Mm -hmm. series three is the Parisian vampires, Mm -hmm. and then series four can be, like, after after being, like, called upon a few times by M.I. Sticks, they're sent to the American division, the American equivalent, uh, and that's where we can get, like, the secret Agent Cupid's involved. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's the bureaucracy.
1: Mm-hmm. The men in black.
0: Aren't it, isn't it, like, the, the blank men or, or some kind of men for, like, the fairies? Aren't they sometimes called, like, the wee men? Maybe? Other names for the fair folk. Euphemisms such as hill folk, the gentry, wee folk, good folk, blessed folk, good neighbors, or fair folk
1: okay but like i was thinking with men in black they're very fairy like um yeah like people who've encountered them have said like they've had these weird experiences like lapses in memory like not just you know the whole shining the pen in your face um but like oh this one guy so He was the psychologist for someone who had an abduction experience. It was a pretty run-of-the-mill abduction experience. But the weird shit happened when an MIB showed up. And he was interviewing him, asking him weird questions. His voice was really weird. And he kept tapping his lips with the back of his fingers. And it became pretty obvious that this guy was wearing lipstick in an imitation of having lips. That there was no lips on his face.
0: Huh. And then
1: he brings up Betty and Barney Hill, which is one of the most famous abduction experiences because Barney Hill had just died. Uh, He had died from I think it was an aneurysm or something, but he's like, do you know how Barney Hill died? And the psychologist is like, no. And the MIB brings out a coin, and he's like, watch the coin. And the coin corrodes in front of this guy's eyes. And he's like, that's how we killed him. And basically that convinces the psychologist to burn all of his records with this he's been dealing with.
0: (laughs) That's bonkers. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know! (laughs) But like, that's why I'm like, the men in black have to be some sort of fucking fair folk.
0: Well, that also gets into so it kind of goes into the idea from American Gods where the men in black are also called the Spook Show, and they're a, they're the nondescript conspiracy investigating agency that only exists because enough people believe that there is a nondescript conspiracy enforcing agency. <laughs> But also, yeah, I'd like the idea that basically the Sealy Court came to the States and was like, all right, let's, let's set up a bureaucracy here. (laughs) (laughs) And so our, our protagonists are working for them, but then they have, have to, they have to work against them because, you know, it's the government. Yeah. And it's, it's different from the British equivalent because that one is like, well, we just took on the form of, like, a government agency because it amuses us, but we're not actually working for the British government. We yeah. we are more close to each other, supernatural forces. Whereas these ones are like, yes, we will happily enforce American law because we want to. Mm-hmm. America's built on nothing but contracts. Look at this shit. It's delicious. <laughs> contracts! Ah! <laughs> uh, just, one of them just snorts a contract. <laughs>
1: What's the words off of a contract? (laughs) Like, it's fucking Coke.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a good image, though. (laughs) Okay, you know, I think think a good writer for this actually would be Alex Hirsch. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because that's the kind of thing he would do. I mean, he's also, he's, I don't know if he's writing, but he's definitely helping produce that new Netflix show that, like, it's the cartoon about all the conspiracies being real. Okay, cool. And I, because I'm picturing... (laughs) I'm just picturing Schmebulock the gnome doing the snorting the contract. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, the, the show he's on is Inside Job. He's a writer and producer and an actor on it. Okay. You don't get Alex Hirsch on your thing and not have him do a voice on it. What's, what's going on, Kid Cosmic? Mm-hmm. Get Alex Hirsch to get on there and voice a funny little guy. Yes. <laughs> he loves voicing funny little guys. The U.S. has a lot of funny little
1: guys to fucking weird guys. <laughs> exactly. Like, you ever heard of the Dover Demon or the Flatwoods Monster? <laughs> or the <laughs> Kelly Hopkinsville
0: Goblins? Alex Hirsch is definitely voicing the Hopkinsville Goblins, all 79 of them. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think someone else have to voice Flatwoods Monster, because I feel like they'd be like, Oh, hello there. I'm the Flatwoods Monster. <laughs> then have like a snagglepuss pl- voice.
1: Well, the Flatwoods Monster is from West Virginia, so I'm kinda of feeling Steve Shell right there.
0: <laughs> I should voice the Flatwoods Monster using the same voice I use for voicing Ryan Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> what if Ryan Murphy is the Flatwoods Monster? <laughs> um no, don't don't drag the Flatwoods monster down that low. <laughs> They've done nothing wrong, I think. <laughs> Yeah, they're just weird. <laughs> yeah th- does the Flatwoods monster do anything, or do they just stand at the distance and go woogity woogity woo? Does the flat does the Flatwoods monster join the polycule? <laughs> uh
1: It looks like it was a bunch of kids who saw it. Um uh, kinda glided towards them. Lemon screened and dropped his flashlight, causing the group to run away. The group said that they had smelled a pungent mist, and some later said that they were nauseated. That there were skin marks and odd gummy deposits when the police went to investigate.
0: You know what, it, it's it's Flatwoods, Mothman, and Owlman are in a polycule together.
1: Yes. And they say it's a barn owl. I'm like, according to that description, that could not have been a, a fucking barn owl.
0: Yeah, I can buy barn owls as, like, inspiring banshee myths. But also the way that myths go, banshees might just be able to turn into barn owls.
1: <laughs> yeah, barn owls are screech owls.
0: We we should have a banshee episode that gets a little bit more into the horror side of things. Just because, like, eight eighty percent of the time, you research banshees, it tells that they're fairies. Uh, but then sometimes you stumble onto like these myths, like these accounts that are passed down. And it's like, well, we we call them fairies because that's the best we got. But there's something else about them, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: And it's like sometimes they'll get like associated with the Morgan, but they're all again it's very much like I mean they both have to do with death, so like they probably hang out with the Morgan, but we don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just doing mo she's doing a laundry at the river and staring at me with ill intent
1: I mean the way that the Morgan is described is like very Eldritchian. yeah, that's the same with um Diana, uh the Roman goddess, like yeah she's equated with Artemis, but like you actually go into like what she was like, like what people have figured out about her, like pre the heavy Greek influences, she is fucking weird.
0: She's from the moon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you have a pretty neat, funny little show with I'd imagine a sweet lesbian romance what between like our, our TA who likes to pass and pass himself off as an actual professor. Yeah. Which lesbian I I kind of was envisioning like butch by way of dark academia, but I don't know how you feel about
0: that. I, d- I mean, I've never been able to figure out what dark academia even is other than just I'm researching something untoward.
1: <laughs> A lot of tweed. <laughs> um, and then Randy, our bisexual werewolf I don't know. I kind of envision her as being maybe not an ingenue, but
0: I want her to still have the 80s hair that Kate yeah. Hodge did.
1: <laughs> she saw like Dirty Dancing once and and was like I want I'm going to
0: base my entire personality on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to base my look on baby.
0: <laughs> and then Barry is just kind of a clumsy fop. Yes. He's he's one of those wafer-thin British twinks.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, bother.
0: Played by a young Ben Whishaw. Whoever's yeah. the young equivalent of Ben Whishaw these days.
1: I have no idea, but Britain seems to breed them, like fucking mushroom so it's their number one export (laughs) Yeah.
0: what if if that's an episode where they find the woods where all the British twinks come from (laughs) and Barry has a crisis it's
1: almost like the one episode of 6 level 1 where some of the aliens are also mushroom people
0: (laughs) it's the fungus among us
1: (laughs) oh we could introduce aliens fairly early into the ser- series, too. There was a famous incident in the UK called the Re- Rendlesham Forest Incident over in Suffolk.
0: Oh, what a British name.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually a U.S. Air Force Base uh, RAF Wedbridge Uh The occurrence is the most famous of claimed UFO incidents that happened in the United Kingdom and is amongst the best known reported UFO incidents worldwide. It has been compared to the Roswell incident in the US. The UK Ministry of Defense has stated that the events posed no threat to national security and therefore it was never investigated as a security matter. Skeptics have explained the sightings as a misinterpretation of a series of nocturnal lights, but again, it's one of those incidents where you dig into it a little bit and know that... that both of these bases had fucking nuclear weapons on them uh, during the Cold War that, no, these people were goddamn serious about their jobs and were not pulling a prank. I am 100% certain this wasn't some bored Air Force people pulling a prank.
0: But it easily also could have been just, like, a test craft that someone spotted.
1: Yeah. But yeah, also, like, Suffolk is apparently, like, one of the... I know a lot of people say that, oh, this area is definitely the creepiest place in in the United Kingdom, but, like, honestly, Suffolk's one of the creepier places. It's just, like, permanently foggy and miserable and weird shit happens.
0: That can be another one. Maybe, maybe each series has one episode that leans closer to the horror side of things.
1: Yes. Like, I could easily see the um, one episode involving the aristocratic werewolves in the countryside, like, becoming a, a most dangerous game situ- situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, must satisfy our hunting instincts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we. C- I mean, I'm surprised we managed to get as long as we did, considering this is a Monster of the Week show. Where we're like, hey, let's still doing this. Well, oh, what if it was?
1: Well, <laughs> also just like discussing the crossover between like UFO lore and fairy lore. It's yeah, a- for sure. It's a fascinating uh point of crossover.
0: Mm-hmm. But alright, I think we've reached the end of this reboot. But don't worry, Lindsay, there won't be another friendship promo for months. (laughs) (laughs) There are, in our world... Certain places that seem to draw on the
1: strange.
0: Tragic news on this. The first day of school in Chilhaven as a local teen has been found dead under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances.
1: The unusual.
0: So sleeping is difficult because I don't blink. So...
1: Oh my god.
0: The monstrous. (laughs) (laughs) And then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you were a
1: hip... Young teen, coming of age in one of these locations. So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius.
0: What do they fluctuate, Zeke?
1: Molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. (laughs) (laughs) or a social media influencer. And she took a and she took a selfie too and she put glass their fake glasses. Your (laughs) safety is (laughs) not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at
0: things that shouldn't be?
1: in these dangerous times at chillhaven high
0: dangerous times at chillhaven high is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama new episodes every tuesday follow us everywhere at chillhaven high okay lindsay i may have underestimated cuz it sounds like there was literally a friendship promo just now
1: <laughs> <laughs> again full news happen every month friendship promos happen every week
0: yeah, you're right. I, you could almost set your calendar by them. <laughs> yes. Anyways, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet?
1: I can be found on Twitter at M 476 It's Lindsay spelled with an A and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F pod. Those are the letters for not if I you first and they're pronounced ah uh, werewolves of london you can also email us at
1: not if i reboot you first at or you can send us your comments critiques criticisms and your favorite
0: underrepresented cryptid and that is also where you can send us a friendship promo whether it's for an audio clip or a proof for us to read and either way we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or your youtube or even your DeviantArt.
1: not if i reboot you first as a member of the corner podcast network and you can talk more about this show or others on the network via our corner podcast discord
0: as always our cover art is by alex fierce and her work can be found on com, and our theme music is done by sean clake whose contact info was available upon request
1: this podcast is recorded on treaty Four territory the traditional lands of the Cree, Sotil, and Assiniboine in homeland of the Métis.
0: So, Lindsay. So, Tanner. Next week is a fide guestapalooza. Woo! <laughs> or the start of it. We have at least three in a row, maybe four. <laughs> and our guest next week is going to be telling us the story of the one-winged angel, no, the other one. Okay. So I don't even know what we'll be getting into then, but until next time... This has been Not If We Reboot You First.
1: Bye.